That worked. All right. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not sure. I'm getting a lot of echo over here, so. Testing one, two, three. That's much better. Thanks. So, you guessed, here's a poll for you to take right now. We'll get results in just a few minutes. But um, how many of you have successfully accomplished all your resolutions from last year? I mean, every one of them, and realistic ones. Anybody? I'm not raising my hand, by the way. I'm just getting you to raise yours if you did. <laughs> Homer is the only one I saw kind of raise his hand, but is that, you got all your, I'm going to have to ask you what your resolutions were. <laughs> Not many, okay, <laughs> okay, all right, so we're going to come back to this poll because I think it's um, going to serve well for the end of the sermon. That said, I want to remind you that um, after the announcement that was made um, by David this morning about one of our brethren in South Africa, Scott Tope, that we support, or who we support, got me really thinking over the weekend about the fellowship that we have with the men and their families that, that are supported by the church here. And I want you to know that uh, it's so easy for us to just have that relationship from a distance and pray for them. And I thought, are there ways? And I think David reminded me, at last year we were talking about maybe writing letters and sending it all to them or sending a care package of some sort. Let them know, just encourage them the way, best way that we are able to with regard to the fellowship that we have with them because of these kind of moments. I mean, their lives, in, in some cases, are extremely um, dangerous lives. And I'm not sure if you've ever paid attention to um, recent weeks in South Africa, but there's a, a great exodus coming into South Africa of immigrants, among whom um, is a great Muslim uh, community and one family had taken about 43 Muslims into their home, live on their property, and actually fed them, clothed them to the best of their ability, clothing them. 43 people. And so, about two weeks later, they were very frustrated that the family that was keeping them was not getting them passports or other things that they were asking for. Long story short, this family was threatened to be killed and was kicked out of their own home. And the 43 are living there now. Not all Muslims are this way. But this is some of the, the dangers that are taking place in South Africa. And of course, as was mentioned by David, Scott and his, uh, I don't know, whoever was with him nearly lost their lives being murdered as the car was being hijacked. And so, you know, having opportunities where we can communicate with them be wonderful. The, the reports that are sent back by the men that, that we support is absolutely uh, wonderful and very helpful, but maybe we can have a better cooperating relationship with them. And so some of these things that are, that are in my mind. And so I was mentioning that because of, well, I guess that, that slide had passed. I, I was meaning, meaning to keep up with it, but we've got the number of men. I might have to go back. It might be set to auto forward. Uh, a number of men, in addition to Scott, Don Bunting in New York, Arnold Garcon in Haiti, uh, Daniel Martinez, we just started supporting in Mexico City, and Fausto Leon. And so we got a number of men plus the four, maybe five men in India that we started supporting with about a year or so ago. 
And so keep those brethren in mind because of the difficult work. And I'll just personally attest to the fact that just the trips that I had made, um, not necessarily to Haiti as far as danger, pickpocket type stuff, not, not real big, but uh, where your lives are endangered, we faced those things um, by virtue of being in countries with unstable governments. And so keep these brethren in, in your fervent prayers. So this morning we're talking about pressing toward the prize or going forward with uh, our resolutions and things that we've typically done for the year. But I want to just take a few minutes, just remember what just took place among the brethren here in 2015, because I think it's very um, encouraging in many ways. Um, Some of this, I didn't actually, uh, the slide didn't actually update, but I want to talk about this first point in the next slide a little bit more. Let me make sure it's on the next slide. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. So, (laughs) failures. (laughs) This year, we've had a lot of brethren, because maybe whatever reason, as our congregation continues to grow, that we have various illnesses, struggles with sin, and we'll talk about these things in the next slide, but there's a lot of things that took place. As far as an evangelistic effort, I was not able to go through all the baptisms from last year, but it's got to be close to 100 at the jail, um, which is just phenomenal. And well, again, we'll look at some of the failures associated with that, but great work that we have about 25 of our brethren who have gone through the session training. I think David just told me he's going to start Murray County next week. Um, and so that's what the fourth jail that we are able to go to. Uh, a lot of work there. Supporting our preachers, the men that we just looked at on the previous slide. Um, the personal work that you're having, your Bible studies with friends and family or co-workers All of these things that have taken place in 2015, very, very encouraging. Um, Some of us may not remember, but it was just a few months ago that we were doing Caught in the Act and and with our kids from from the previous year into the beginning of this year, or last year, I should say, in 2015, and that was very edifying. A lot of the children said how much it it helped them, and a lot of the adults paid attention to the kids here as far as the singing or praying or paying attention, taking notes. Um, behavior in Bible studies, things of that nature, very, very encouraging. And then this past year, I heard a lot of comments about our small groups where we get together on the weekend or some, maybe on Sunday night or whenever during the week, or as some had even gone out uh, and done activities from the small groups within the congregation here. So very, very edifying. And of course, um, whether it's a nursing home um, up in Bellevue or the one over here in Franklin, we had brethren that were going to the nursing home um, each month or twice a month. That was very encouraging. We're no longer going to the nursing home here in Franklin uh, for a number of reasons, but very, very edifying time. And of course, you know, the work that we do as individual Christians, it doesn't, doesn't just happen where we just are all by ourselves. We can get together as individuals, which we did last year, where we passed out coats like we did the year before, passed out over 200 plus coats. In fact, as was mentioned uh, a couple of months ago, we had such a good um, showing with regard to the need that this year we're going to really step up and have a great effort made with regard to these coats uh, that we'll be able to pass out. And a number of the homeless people that that I've been talking to um, over the last few months, there's a great need everywhere so whatever coats if you still have coats bring them to me i know of people that need coats today 
So I'll pass them out if you have something you want to give to me. Um, I know Danny Coleman had been working with uh, backpacks and giving to homeless people. Um, and that homeless, homeless number is growing up uh, here in the Williamson County area. And so having those backpacks, again, where individuals would send them out um, to, like from a congregation here, would send them out to others on the road or wherever they would see um, some of our homeless neighbors had done so. Uh, getting food from various banks and what have you and providing for them or, or dropping them off to um, various places or serving meals. A number of brethren did this during 2015, and that has opened the door to talking to people about their souls. It has opened the door to just opportunities of loving your neighbor, simply just doing it because you love your neighbor. And speaking of loving your neighbor, uh, just was it yesterday, I think um, Will was mentioning to me, he and uh, Sheila were at the hospital, and they came across um, two homeless people that they were able to talk to. And just ha- and, or there was a homeless woman with her two daughters, if I remember correctly. No? Homeless man, and Home- his two homeless man and his two daughters. And was asking, you know, for prayers. And so we'll, I'm going to take the time for us to pray this morning before we continue on with the sermon. But these are opportunities that, that we were able to have a lot of during 2015 that we'll have even more if we're looking for opportunities. But those are some of the good things that took place. And I want us to go ahead, while I have that on my head, to pray for this, this homeless man and, and his two daughters. Let's do that and we'll continue with the sermon. Father, come before you knowing that we're so comfortable here. We, we sit in an environment controlled with heat and air conditioning as the weather warrants. We probably came in comfortable cars that work well and come from comfortable homes and there are many in our society that don't have these luxuries. And while, Father, the metro area of Nashville does very well in helping our homeless population, doesn't mean that their lives are easy. There are many that they go on each day wondering if they're going to have food or if they're going to be able to stay warm enough, particularly with the freezing weather. And I pray particularly for this man and his two daughters, they're asking for prayers on their behalf. And I pray that whatever means can be done, that we could help people like this, will be taken upon by compassionate hearts among your children. And I pray all this, Father, for your glory, that many souls could be saved and many souls could, could understand that the true opportunities that we have is for an eternity with you. So I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we have, you know, wonderful things that have taken place this past year. But as I kind of let the cat out of the bag, they're failures. And I want you to think about these failures. Let it sink in. This year, there are a lot of evangelistic efforts that we missed. That we knew we have before us, and I'm speaking of us, generally speaking, as individuals that you had opportunities, I've had opportunities, and they went on by us. For whatever the reasons are, maybe we refused to do them, maybe we passed the buck, whatever the situation was, but opportunities were missed. That doesn't mean that God couldn't use someone else, but he could have used us. And we did not fulfill those opportunities. With regard to sin, there are brethren that struggle with immorality. Every one of us, if we're honest, 
goes through the Rolodex of the past year and we all have struggled some way in some sort of sin or weakness leading to sin. Every one of us. That's why we need a Savior. We look at it from a standpoint of indifference, a standpoint of hatred, whatever you want to fill in that list, but there's sin. Maybe judging a situation wrongfully. Maybe just simply as we were talking about the last slide, lack of love. Instead of loving our neighbors, having a lack of love. Maybe because of judgments. Maybe we look at someone's life and we think we know their life better than them. And so we make those judgments. Whatever the situation is, lack of compassion or whatever the decisions were, we failed in many ways last year. Individually speaking and even collectively speaking. I mean, if we were to be honest, not everyone's heart was in it when we come to worship God. We just might be more concerned about, I don't know, getting up doing whatever we want to get to do rather than focus completely on our God, on our Heavenly Father. Maybe indifferent about the way we worshipped Him last year. All those give us reflection that in some ways, we failed. We might have had successes, and it's great to talk about those successes, but if we're going to be honest with ourselves, saying, you know what? We've sinned. We fall short of the glory of God. Even as children of God, we sin, right? And so recognizing this, being able to admit, to acknowledge sin, tells us when we come to resolutions, do we fail at the the promises that we've seen, I'm going to do better this year at whatever it is, and then this year passed by, and we look back going, I didn't do what I set out to do. I know I didn't fulfill all my resolutions last year. And I know you don't need January 1st to have new resolutions. That can happen all throughout the year. We're well aware of that. But when I look back at, at things that, that I have resolved to do and failed, Laziness, lack of motivation, forgetfulness, whatever the situations are, bottom line is I failed. And I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> I know that there are many of us have done that. We're going to ask Homer how he did it. He said little bit of, a, a little bit of resolutions, and that might help, actually, you know. Lower expectations, I hear, <laughs> is what I say. But I tell you what, though. Even with lowered expectations, sometimes we still fail. Still do. Here's my challenge to you. As we start this year, I'm challenging you to do the following things so that we can have a year, not that it won't be without its failures, but a year that we can say, it was better than last year. Just as was prayed for a few minutes ago, uh, not by myself, as we were praying, saying, you know, how can we better serve you as Brad was praying? Saying to our God, how can we be more productive in our service to your kingdom? So we start fresh in 2016. I want you to write down some of these things. And when I say write down, I mean literally write them down. I hear it said over and over that unless you write it down, it's not, you know, concrete and you won't ever really follow through. And there may very well be a lot of truth to that. Even if you write it down, that doesn't mean it's going to be fulfilled, right? But if you write it down and you put it, I don't know, 
My mom was in Amway. <laughs> so you always put it on the mirror in the bathroom. Where every day you're there and you see it. Put it somewhere you're going to actually be able to read it functionally. But I want you to write some of these things down, whatever it is. And I'm giving these as examples. Do you really want to share the gospel with someone? I mean, someone specifically. Write their name down. That you want to share the gospel with them. We're told in Romans chapter 10 and verse 15 how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. And it's not limited to gospel preachers, right? <laughs> Anyone that shares the good news have such beautiful feet. And brethren, we are a people, a children or a community of believers that we believe that Jesus died for our sins and that having eternity with him is the best gift we could ever have. Then let's share that gift. But write that down. Write at least one person's name down that you want to share the gospel with. It does not matter whether they, well, it does matter, but what I'm saying from your standpoint, it doesn't matter whether they obey the gospel or not from your vantage point. You want them to, naturally. But the point is you're serving. And for all the things that you can have as reasons or excuses that they will not um, turn to the Lord, that's not on you. What's, what's given to you is the opportunity to say, here's a gift. And Jesus is his name. And he offers you eternal salvation. Share that gift. It may be you want to invite them to services here. I mean, if you think this congregation is, is what we ought to be, and that you are proud to, to be a part of this family here, then invite your neighbors, invite your co-workers. But whatever you do, write down their names of someone you want to share the gospel with or, or invite to service, whatever it may be. Or maybe, and I hear this all the time, every single year. Well, I wish I was better at knowing God's word. And, and I hear like, well, this person or that person, <clears throat> they just have, they're able to memorize scripture. Well, some people have photographic memories, but most of us don't. And what it takes is actually taking the time and energy. And for some, it takes longer. Maybe a hundred times, maybe more than a hundred times of saying the same verse over and over. And then not letting it go. But we're told in Psalm 119 verse 11, having God's word, basically, like in Colossians, dwelling within us. But having God's word in our hearts, or as Jeremiah 31 says, written on our hearts. Or established on our hearts. Whatever it is. But take the time to take meaningful passages. Write down. These are the passages that are important to me. That I want to be able to remember. Because when you're faced in scenarios. Those passages will, will be there for you. And they'll give you. Maybe self-control. Restraint. Maybe um, courage. Maybe a soft tongue. Maybe a kind deed by virtue of having these passages in your heart. And so maybe it's that. Maybe it's a, a host of things. Maybe it's some older brother, sister in Christ saying, I want to mentor one of our young members in the congregation here. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, we we're told, remember when, when Paul tells Timothy, now you take this to faithful men that they may teach others as well. That's the whole concept of sharing what we have as experiences and wisdom and wise counsel to others that are growing in the Lord. And maybe you want to take someone under your wings. 
Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you want to be able to be mentored by an older brother or sister in Christ or someone who you consider to be spiritually mature. But take the time to, to get close to your brother or sister in Christ for that purpose. Maybe it's setting a, a prayer um, time or place. I don't know if, how many of you actually saw that movie, War Room? I got one, two, three, four, five, six, and then 20 of in our family. And <laughs> so, okay. We got a number of people have, that have seen it. Take the time. It's a great movie. It really is. I mean, you want to talk about praying and over various scenarios or having a place that you can call a place of prayer? That's a great movie that, that would give you inspiration, I believe, with regard to that. But, you know, Jesus, it's beyond just Matthew 26 and verse 36, but according to uh, historians, Gethsemane was his place that he would often go to. We only read of it in, in the gospel accounts once that I can remember. Uh, but have a place where you can go and pray. When you can do these things, when you can write down your goals, I think they'll serve you well. I know that, that I have a number in my head, and I'll be happy to share with them if you like down the road, but... Um, some of them are more lofty than others. I, I want to have loftier goals, and I'm probably going to fail. I don't want to, but I feel like uh, every time I have loftier goals, I always fail. And I don't want to beat myself up over it, but I like lofty goals. And I tell you what, there's no greater person to have in your corner when having these goals than the one you're trying to give your life to, especially when your goals are for the glory of God. Isn't that what we're told in 1 Corinthians 10, 31? Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Well, that's what he wants for us. And so here's the thing. If we're going to want to do better in 2016, I believe we ought to have this mindset every single day of our life, not just every year, but every day. We have to do things that will help us to be accountable to those goals that we're setting forth. Otherwise, it's just so easy. It's like, it's like that proverbial treadmill that you get at the beginning of the year or at Christmas time, and then it turns into a clothes rack. No, as in no point, all right? Doesn't serve you any good. Uh, and so that's why you can find them on Craigslist for cheap. <laughs> but uh, have something that will help you be accountable, right? We're told in Romans chapter 14, in fact, in that whole subject on fellowship and having relationships with one another there's a principle here in romans chapter 14 that i think is very uh, amenable to and helpful for the passage that we're looking at backing up in verse 11 of romans 14 as i live says the lord every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to god so then each of us shall give account of himself to god we're talking about judgment here, right? And we're not talking about resolutions, but there's a principle I'd like to extrapolate from that to say, you know what? Being accountable helps. It gets us further in, in accomplishing or walking towards the goal of accomplishing those goals. So if we're going to press forward, have, have something that will help you be accountable or have someone that you trust. I mean, this works in, in like we are talking about last year, uh, having accountability partners where you have these uh, anonymous groups that get together and what have you. The reason why accountability partners work is because they take the time to call each other and ask them, are you doing okay? You know, did you do this or did you not do that? What a great opportunity that you have. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's one of the brethren here that you're close to. 
but someone that you can help saying, I've got this goal, here's what I'm wanting to do. Maybe it's, maybe it's taking out the bulletin and every week going through the reading that's there starting today. Whatever the situation is, do something that will help you keep accountable for that. But in addition to that, and this is the final, the final point here, we've got to pray. If there's one thing that, that we can take away from 2015, is that when we had our prayer service, I had so many brethren that have spoken to me personally, so many brethren that spoke to our elders, and said, it'd be great if we could do this more often as a congregation. That time that was spent in prayer meant so much to me personally. And I say, brethren, and we're told to pray without ceasing in, in 1 Thessalonians 5 or 17. But you know, our God knows our needs. He knows our desires. He knows our failings. And for all these reasons, we can see, you know, why not give him thanks for all the blessings that we've had in 2015? And when we read, you know, Philippians chapter 3, that passage about forgetting those things that lie behind, Contextually, the Apostle Paul was talking about the things of their lives as they were as Jews, the life before Christ, the things that were of gain to him that he considered as rubbish and loss, that he would lay hold of Christ and have Christ as gain in his life. Those are the things that are meaningless. The things that we're talking about in 2015 were meaningful in service to the Lord. And we give thanks that God gave us success for those things. But for, for the strength that we need to go through this year, because last year is just that. It's in the past, right? We're not going to live on the past. We're not going to live on the reputation of the past. We want to move forward. And whether we do this as individuals in the body of Christ or collectively among brethren, whether you do things with your small groups, a number of small groups have done, like some, I think one of the small groups actually got together um, to come to uh, pass out the coats and then uh, the men's um, Bible class, the Bible study that takes place on Saturdays, they all got together, I think, to help as, as a men's group to come. But all these opportunities that we can do individually or even collectively, um, you know, outside what we're talking about of the treasury here, great, brethren, do it. But take the time to pray this year because we'll have our failures. And we'll need God's long-suffering continue to, to be merciful toward us. And for all of these reasons, brethren, when we look back at the end of 2016, I would love to say that it was a good year. I think 2015 was a great year. I really do. I've seen more and more brothers and sisters in Christ getting out of the pew in a, in a real nice way into our community and helping out. How else are we going to reach the gospel? If we don't know our neighbors as well, if all we're doing is living life in our own little bubble, kind of hard to share the gospel. Kind of hard to, to love your neighbor. And I honestly believe this year we'll have a lot more opportunities because of our situation in the jails, because we're having more of, of the women, and as we now start going into the men's side, more of the men that we're in communication with, we're going to see more and more um, people who come out of the jail, including our brethren, those who have obeyed the gospel while incarcerated, spend time with us. And I, I hope we never forget our brethren 
that have been released. But take the time to say, hey, you know what? Can we get their address? Can we write to them? Um, or if not, I'll set up another sheet. Then we'll get, whoever's been released and we do have their address, I'll write them down as well as those who have been incarcerated. Take the time to get to know them. They need encouragement. I'm going to say this one final time. I said it once last year. I'll say it one more time. If you think it's uncomfortable having brethren, I'm talking about brothers and sisters in Christ who've come from a life of crime that are now as your brothers and sisters in Christ, if you think it's uncomfortable for you to be around them, it's uncomfortable for them to be around you and me. I'm just telling you this is what I've been told by them because you all got your lives together in their eyes. You're dressed well. You have much and oftentimes, they don't have much. And so, just imagine what it's like if they're coming into this building. And look at how beautiful this place is. I mean, we might just take it for granted that it's so beautiful. They're like, oh, carpet's old, 20 years old. Carpet's looking good as far as they're concerned. They're like, man, this is a nice place. They're going to feel out of, out of their environment. But you can make this a home for them. And that'd be a wonderful thing especially if we're talking about reaching the gospel to souls that need the Lord. These are going to be our brethren that have opportunities the way we do not have to reach the gospel to people that we are hardly around. So whatever the situation, pray for these successes for 2016.